Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we are so excited because we have Austin and Gina Meyer. They're relationship coaches that specialize in unique challenges of couples running a business together. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We're pumped. Thanks for having us. We're excited, too. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) Okay, so before we get started, we just wanted to ask you guys if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourselves, how you found yourself to be relationship coaches, what kind of got you to this point in life? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, I think we started out, we both came from family businesses and kind of saw a lot of pitfalls of working as a family and all of that. So that was not something that I wanted to do at all. So we, we dated, you know, we got married and a little bit before we got married, Austin kind of sprung it on me that he had started a cleaning business. Yeah, I was uh, kind of a neat freak and all all that and that seemed like a logical thing to do <laughs> to try to put some of those nervous energies somewhere. And so yeah, when we got married, we were doing that on the side. We each had a couple of different jobs, you know, getting started. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, we felt like we never saw each other, you know, and we wanted to lean more into the business and get rid of some of our side jobs so that we could see each other, we could work together. And it made more sense, you know, financially to put more effort into the business. But then there came some struggles, you know, and some stress points, you know, when you add business into the mix. Yeah, that came and brought its own stress into our life. So yeah, like Austin said, we were both working two jobs. You know, I was working evenings and during the day, he was working early mornings and during the day. So we never saw each other. So Um, But the business definitely brought out like different aspects of our personalities. And we started, you know, fighting a lot more. We started kind of getting in each other's way a lot more. So that wasn't something that we wanted to keep up. So we had um, our cleaning business for about seven years before we sold it. And through that process, we just found that there was so much that we learned about working together and the different styles that each person has, and you're not actually out to get one another. <laughs> so once we kind of hit that sweet spot, we, um, you know, we saw other couples in business having the same struggles that we did. And we really wanted to share what we had learned. Yeah. And we learned a lot from examples. You know, as we said, we grew up around family businesses and we saw some good examples, but also a lot of bad examples. You know, you see behind the curtain of, you know, family businesses And, you know, so we had a lot of good and bad examples from that standpoint. Yeah, we didn't want to be a bad example anymore, but we were definitely leaning towards that way, you know, because when you have your own business, as you guys know, there's, there's so much, it never stops. There's no off hours. There's no time where you're just, you know, a couple or you're just a family, you know, you kind of always have that in the back of your mind. So that was a, a real struggle for us. So uh, when we sold our business and we wanted to do something different, we thought, well, maybe we can help other couples with this endeavor too. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I always seem to, 
when we talk to people about working together, we always get one of two scenarios. Like people are like, no, I cannot work with my partner. I don't know how you guys do it. Or there are people that are like curious about it, but it's really cool that you've kind of said, Hey, we've had this experience and we want to then go and help other people with this because there is some value. How long do you think it took? Like once you guys were working together and kind of going down that, that road of trying to start working together and then going through those initial growing pains, how long do you think it took to feel pretty comfortable in your own skin and like working together? You know, our business grew a lot, probably in the first five years. So I would say that was probably where we had the most struggles. And then I would say about five years in, maybe we at least came to an agreement. But I think what happened to us is we found that we were just getting really burned out. Like we had, we both were putting in a lot of effort and the business was growing and it was doing really well. And we were getting to the point where we're like, well, we can, you know, we can grow this further, we can sell it. But I think we, we hit a stage of burnout once we kind of figured out that we were working good as a team, but then the business was overtaking. So I think a lot of couples in business face that, you know, where you're kind of, you're growing and you're accomplishing what you wanted the business to do, but it's having an unexpected toll on you emotionally. So I love that you brought up burnout because I think that probably a lot of people are facing that today, whether they work together or not. I mean, certainly it's just a different time that we're living in. So my question, I guess now is how do you take the burnout that you experienced in your cleaning business and number one, make sure that you don't repeat it in your new endeavors, newer endeavors. And two, how do you help people through that? Or what advice do you give to people whether they're in business together or not, to kind of navigate those burnout waters? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it comes down to priorities, you know, because there's only so many hours in the day and it seems like those hours and your energies can be consumed so easily. And when it comes to identifying those priorities, you know, you want to make sure that it's the things that are really moving the needle in your life, like reaching you towards your goals and connecting you together. And I think for a long time, we were fighting that because so many external factors, whether it was clients, whether it was family, whether, you know, just the day to day was taking over more time than it should have and not leaving enough for our relationship, you know, and so that builds up over time. And when things are imbalanced, you know, things aren't sustainable when they're imbalanced. And then that just kind of compounds the issues. Yeah. And to go along with that, I think that what helped us recover, and I think, you know, like you brought up, Megan, so many people are facing right now is that you're, you're in a shared space a lot. And maybe you're not taking time for yourself. You know, you're not really taking that time that makes you feel like an individual, you're caring for your own, your health, your mental health, you know, the things that make you you because you're constantly trying to take care of other people. You know, I know right now with a lot of people doing homeschooling, a lot of people working from home, it's so easy for those lines to be blurred. And you feel like, well, I can't take time for myself because I'm home and I really should be working or I really should be doing something like Austin said, you know, that moves the needle. And that's all 
well and good, but you really can't take care of your your business, your relationship, your your family until you yourself are you know taking care of you. You're in a good place. Absolutely. I think for us, one of the most powerful things has been learning to say no, like learning that it's okay to even to each other or other family members or whatever, like, Hey, I just, I can't like, I just, I can't. Yeah. That is something we are continually working on for sure. (laughs) It's hard. Well, and I don't know about you guys, but it seems like when it comes to burnout, it's a really big issue but some people don't realize that that's what they're experiencing. The fact that they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I got a lot on my mind, a lot on my plate, but, and they think that it's more of like a, really like a, a bad health issue, you know, like, Oh, well, I'm not having panic attacks or I'm not having cardiac arrest, or <laughs> you know, waking up with night sweats, you know, so that's what burnout is, but it really is a combination of just a bunch of little things that you might not even notice. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're not showing up the way that you want to in life, you know, that can really be at the, at the root of it, why you're not able to show up. Yeah. And I think it was interesting for us. We both handled burnout differently. So like Austin, it was kind of like, I hit this place where I was like, why don't you want to be a part of things? Like, why don't, why, why am I the only one that cares? (laughs) And he's like, I just can't do any more. Like I, you know, he kind of handled it just kind of like inverting more like I can, I'm going to try to sleep this off (laughs) kind of thing. But I think for me, I just thought if I worked hard enough and I worked long enough, I was going to catch up at some point, like I was going to feel good and I was going to catch up on everything. And then everything could be organized and good. And then we could continue with our life. But that was just my own way of handling burnout, just kind of controlling what I could control. And then that became, I, I became a little bit more of a workaholic and I was just like, well, I'm sorry, you don't want to be a part of this, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go build this. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think I'll ask Austin specifically, but I mean, you kind of touched on it, but do you think it's harder or like was different for you? Like as a man in that scenario, because like, I know for me, I always felt like I should have it all figured out. And so like when things started to go wrong, when you think you're supposed to have everything figured out and things start to go wrong, you know, it can be a little bit of a a gut check, you know? And as a man, I feel like there's a lot more pressure, especially like, I'm not even saying there should be, but like when it comes to business, like for the, the man to kind of take the lead, that's like the stereotypical thing there can be a lot of pressure on men. So like, did you find it tough for you to, to get through that? I know you said it was hard to admit, but like, for me, I went through years of like depression where I was like, it's all these small things. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. It's just this little thing. And you know, that little thing, it's not a big deal, but it's like, when I reflect on it now, it's like, yeah, it was a big deal. And it was depression, man. Like, what are you talking about? So anyway, I'll let you speak to that Austin, if you would. Yeah. In retrospect, I think that that is very much the case, you know, to be like, oh yeah, I think I was depressed too. I think that was the reason why, you know, that was the culmination of everything, what it led to. But I agree as far as, you know, wanting to take care of your family, that's a very big, you know, draw, you know, you want to take care of your family. And there was a lot of stresses that came 
in between Gina and I from that standpoint because of our different ways of handling burnout where she was throwing herself into work and being like, I'm just going to catch up. Well, that kind of had a negative effect on me because here I was, I just couldn't do it. Like I didn't feel capable. Like I was able to show up. And so then Gina would try to take pressure off of me. And she has always been wonderful in that way. Like she's, she's a fixer. She's a helper. She wants to, you know, take as much pressure off of anybody, but it was almost having a negative impact because it was like, Oh, she's having to do more and more of what I'm supposed to be doing. And that just made me feel worse about how I was showing up, which only compounded, you know, the inner struggle that you're dealing with. And, you know, that was a vicious cycle too. That was really hard to get out of Mm -hmm. and was a real problem for sure. Mm -hmm. Man, I like you guys like hit us like just like a T the same exact scenario. So I can only believe that like other people listening out there, whether they work together or not, just like being coexisting together. A lot of times, like we've both taken that role where like, we're trying to be like you were saying with Gina, like trying to be the fixer, trying to be like, I can fix this. But then like, we realized that like, it's not really our job to fix stuff for the other person. Like it's, it, we can help, but like, I know like, it's not really our job to fix it. And that was something like I struggled with. Cause I always wanted to just make it right. Like I was like, no, I could just, I can do all this stuff. Just like you were saying about Gina, like I can do all this stuff and I can fix it and I can make it right for you. Only she wasn't looking for me to fix it. She was just looking for me to listen, not fix it, listen and like, you know, be vulnerable with me, but not like fix it. Cause that's the problem. Like you can get stuck in that kind of spiral with anything you're doing where you're like this person, even if it's not your partner, they just need me to fix it for them. So if they would just listen to me, I could tell them how to fix this. And you know, then they're every, all the problems will go away, but they don't want to listen to me. And it's like, sometimes people just want you to like, you know, hear them out and not necessarily listen to respond, just listen to listen and like be a shoulder. But that was something we struggled with too. And I can only imagine other people are as well. But yeah, I think, I think what comes to my mind, and I'll let you guys talk about this one for a minute, bat this one around, but where does ego come into play in all of this when you're trying to work together and establish something new? Oh, getting getting thick in here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, like I, for a long time, I did not want to admit that maybe that was totally ego. I'm not maybe that was totally ego, but I, I kind of was like, I don't think I could be doing anything wrong. Like, how could I be doing anything wrong in this? Like I am showing up, I'm doing the work, I'm keeping it all together. But it was like, ego kept me from realizing that I wasn't helping in, in the way that Austin needed. You know, I wasn't really showing up the way that he needed me to. And it took a long time. It took a change of, of pace. It took a change of scenery. It took, you know, even like moving and everything. It took a lot of unlearning in a new business to keep history from repeating itself, which I know may had, brought up earlier, you know, there, you don't want to fall into that same cycle in a new environment, like a new business. You don't want to repeat your mistakes. So for me, that was, I realized that I had a a lot of ego. And once that 
kind of, well, and it's always a work in progress, but once you kind of realize it, at least for us, I felt more like a team realizing that that was a bigger problem and hearing, hearing Austin out as far as like, how can, how can we fix this together? Or do you, do you want to just talk about it? And I've been using that phrase a lot more. Be like, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want to just like fix it on your own? Like, well, let's talk about it. And that changes. Then, then it's like, we're doing it together. Yeah, I think ego for me, where that came in, I got going way back, just way back. <laughs> starting with being newly married, you know, and getting to know each other and you're learning about each other. And there was a lot of unlearning that I had to do because the family that I grew up with was very loving, but I, I describe it as being emotionally constipated. <laughs> <laughs> And so like everybody bottles things up. Nobody says what they mean. You kind of have to read between the lines. Nobody says it how it is. And you kind of have to pick up on these subtle little cues. And most of the time you miss them. You know, nobody's, everybody's frustrated with somebody. (laughs) So when we got married, I was very conditioned that way to not really express myself, not express how I was feeling. It was more just like, put on a brave face, push it down deep and move on. (laughs) And so I think for a long time, that was also hurting the situation as well of our relationship, but also running a business together because it's all about teamwork in relationship and business. And so coming to the point where I could express myself, be vulnerable and realized that I I wasn't going to be, you know, berated or, you know, knocked down, you know, by, by Gina, you know, that really allowed the foundation to be able to talk things through and come to a good mutual solution to the problem instead of just fighting it, just trying to, you know, put a, a square peg in a round hole all the time and just bottle it up and just trudge through. And, you know, the fact is like, that's not an enjoyable way to live life. You don't enjoy the process. You're just getting through it. And who wants to just get through life? That's, that's just running out the clock, you know, and that that's not what everybody's looking for when they get married or when they start a business, they want to thrive. Mm. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned vulnerability too, because we are so big on it. We just want like all of our guests, we want always with each other. We always want to just be as open and honest as we possibly can without, you know, I mean, obviously you don't have to give away all your dirty little secrets or whatever. Um, Although we personally shared all of ours, but I just love that you guys are working towards that and have admitted that it's always a work in progress. And it's just something that is hard because we struggled for so long that it basically tore us apart and we had to build back up, up again because neither one of us was willing to be vulnerable and actually share what was going on. And although we sort of worked together at that point, I mean, if we had been anything like you guys actually working together closely at that point, I don't know if we would have ever made it. Yeah, that's hard. And I think like, like you said, if you're vulnerable, it it does depend a lot about how your, your partner reacts, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. 
try to be vulnerable and you, you know, you try to share something and the way that they take it, they it kind of twists back and you're just like, oh, I wish I had never said anything. I'm, you know, and that, that took time, you know, and it did take trust and it, it took some, some mindset work on my part, at least, because I come from a completely opposite family. I mean, my family is Italian <laughs> and we, we say everything we're thinking, whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know what's wrong with you all, but <laughs> I think it was like a shock to the system, you know. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Getting to know Gina's family, it was like, this is like being on a, a different planet <laughs> from what I grew up with. Austin's like, share less, share less. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I think for for me, I think it was a breakthrough for both of us that led to that ability to be vulnerable was also understanding how the other person thought, how they were motivated, their perspective, you know, cause you, it's really easy to understand our own perspective. Be like, Oh, well I do this because I, you know, saw this and made me think of this. This was logical to do it this way. And your partner is just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> That is the most convoluted, confusing, unnatural way of doing that I could ever think of. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to jump in, but I was thinking of an example of that. Go for it. It's like, so when we were doing cleaning, we would often have really long days where all of our jobs were stacked and I was the scheduler. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we can definitely do, you know, six jobs in a day. I was <laughs> like, you're trying to kill us. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. But like the way we would look at the day was just so different. Like we would get our first job done and I would be like, wow, you know, one job done. And I would be like celebrating that. And Austin's like, I can't believe we have five jobs left. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, take the win. We got five, like we got one done. And it was kind of like, for me, I had to understand that he thought about it like that to go along with your point. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was just really coming to understand, be like, oh, this is the thought process behind the reasons behind the thought process, the <laughs> motivation and all of that behind what they do and understanding that, then you can appreciate it and be a little more supportive of it. Mm -hmm. But when you don't understand, be like, you are a spaz. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what is the, <laughs> what's your deal? Yeah. And so I know for me, one of the biggest breakthroughs was um, Gina and I, we looked at, it was called the four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin and understanding like how you're motivated was a huge breakthrough. And it was such a, a great, I think, breakthrough for Gina, especially because she realized that I'm a rebel, like my personality type is a rebel. So when she would say, hey, why don't you do this? Or why don't we do that? why don't you do it this way? That was essentially being like, because that's the way you want me to do it. Now I definitely don't want to do it. <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> and vice versa for Gina, she is an upholder, you know, going through the test. So she's not going to do anything that doesn't make sense for her. You know, you got to talk it out. She's not just going to do it because you say that. So Rebels and upholders are very similar in that way, but they also 
like on the completely opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> They're the opposite ends of the spectrum, and they really don't mesh well together. Like out of all the personality types, they're like, we are the least compatible personality types. <laughs> <Right. ever." laughs> Seven years in, this explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, if anything, that's like a kind of a badge of honor, isn't it though? And kind of an attestment to you two as a couple that like you could be like polar opposites like that and still you're making it work. And not only are you making it work, you're helping other couples make it work, which is which is incredible to do. So kudos to you guys there. All right. You guys said so many amazing things and I just want to kind of unpack them a little bit more because you touched on something that I think is like so paramount and you both touched on it separately, but it's the baggage you bring in to the relationship. And I mean, I say baggage, it makes it sound like negative, but it's really just like your past experiences that you both brought in and you've kind of woven that into your story that you were just telling, like how much it affects you because you're going to bring in not only for business, but like your relationship. And you both got through that point. You both got through the point of not allowing that to affect you, but you did have to adapt and how that would affect you. And you had to adapt pretty rapidly because it was something naturally that's there. So like, what would you say to couples? Cause that's a big struggle when we talk to other couples too they just have these past beliefs in their mind and they're bringing that in. So how do you get them to a common ground when you're working with couples? What is your piece of advice to get people to a place where they can both come to the table, realize there might be something that's not working and then talk through that and get past those past beliefs. Oh, it is a, it's a big thing. I think um, a lot of the couples that we've coached, you know, they both have their unique perspective on things And I think going back to what Austin was saying, just trying to understand how your mate is thinking through things. You know, it's not going to always be the way that you think. Obviously, men and women think differently. But then, like you said, your background affects so much of what you bring to the table. Even going back to like how we each reacted to burnout. You know, I think my past, my family especially my dad, there's a huge emphasis on work and work is kind of what you're worth. You know, if you, if you work hard, then you deserve, deserve things. And if you don't, and that was great. I learned amazing work ethic because of that, but it also like that strength easily became a negative. Like it easily became a weakness because it wasn't something that was sustainable and it wasn't something that really melded well with Austin's way of looking at things. So I think when we coach couples, you know, kind of really understanding and going back to why you do the things that you do, and even just defining each person's way of looking at success, you know, what's a successful workday? What's a successful year look like? You know, what does it look like when you reach your goals? Is it a feeling? Is it a number? Is it time being going by? So I think all of that has played a role in how we coach couples into really recognizing that they're each going to look at success differently. They're each going to look at work differently. But that doesn't mean that you can't align things. You can have separate whys and have a shared vision. Yeah. Like, for instance, if we, our business, you know, the, the vision is to say, grow our business. 
but our individual whys for growing the business may be different. For me, maybe it's the fact that, you know, I want to have flexibility over my time and priorities. But for Gina, it might be something completely different. You know, it might be the wanting to have time for family or wanting to have time for travel or, you know, something like that. Just peace of mind. Or peace <laughs> of mind, you know, just have yeah. time to work at her own pace. But in either case, the vision or the vehicle that's going to make that our whys happen is the business, which is the same. Mm-hmm. So I think that it just comes down to having the conversations. Like you just, you can't, you can't cheat it. You just have to talk. You can't know, you can't, you know, telepathically communicate that information. And it's just being in the habit of talking things out. And I think really getting to the root Mm -hmm. of the conversation, because you can have a conversation, you can have an argument, but sometimes you're having two completely different conversations in the same conversation and getting to the root of the conversation can really answer the question for both sides, you know, find that resolution. I was thinking uh, we might've shared this with you guys before, and it's really like a really small thing, but where we live, you know, our complex, we have a pool. And one day Gina was like, oh, do you, we went down to the pool and we got in and be like, oh, it's so nice how cool it is. Like the water is so cold today. And Gina's like, oh, well, you never seem like you want to come down to the pool. You're like, well, it's because it always feels warm. Like to me, it's like sitting in a mud puddle (laughs) and I just not refreshing. So I never gravitate towards coming to the pool. But even in that, getting to the root, be like, oh, the why you don't want to come to the pool. (laughs) Now it's like, okay, so now I know if it's a really hot day and the pool has been sitting in the sun. You're not going to want to go to the pool. Yeah, but who's the weirdo <laughs> that doesn't want a warm pool? Right. Let's talk about that for a second. Right. <laughs> but none of that would have happened unless you have the conversation. Like that clarity doesn't come unless you have the conversation. Yeah. And I think it's the minds that you go into the conversation with that you're going to problem solve. You're not just going to vent. You're not just going to, you know, be frustrated with each other. Because I know for us, a lot of times when you're just venting and you're complaining, it quickly can deteriorate into an argument and then you really don't get anywhere. So kind of going at it with a solution in mind and having both of you, you know, timing, making sure it's a good time to talk and all of that. And I know you guys, you know, do an awesome job with teaching communication that, you know, you need to know when is a good time. You need to know what mindset you need to go into it with and be on the same page. But you can find a lot of solutions and going back to vulnerability, you know, when you kind of peel off the layers, oftentimes what we've found with couples is they want the same thing. They really do. You know, it's just that they don't feel like they're in it together. So if you can start working at it together, then things happen so much easier, so much more effortlessly, and you feel like you're accomplishing more because in the end you really are because you're doing it together. That is an excellent, excellent point. Do you know you were talking just a second ago about problem solving and I wanted to switch gears just a tiny bit, but 
what is your problem solving strategy? What are some nuggets of advice you could offer for couples who are just working at home together, not necessarily working together at home? They're working in the same space. So right now everyone is, and if they're starting to feel like their communication is a problem, what would you guys say to them? How would you help them get through that part so that they can work at home in harmony? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so one thing that, well, a couple things, we definitely have learned the importance of taking a break because <laughs> you can't just push through. You can't be in front of the computer 24-7. You know, you can't, you, it's just not sustainable. And um, I think what we've really learned through this whole process of building a business together is you want to go for sustainable. You know, you want to do the things that you can continuously do. So taking a break, I would say, and then I know space isn't something that a lot of couples can have right now, but if you can, it's it's healthy to have like some separate interests that if you're going to, you know, like like for me, I I like the mornings. Austin hates workout DVD <laughs> and that's OK because it's my thing. Like and I I feel like it's my time and I'm not a big fan of the ukulele. But Austin <laughs> plays the ukulele and he can have his time. So like I would say, even if you're in the same space, knowing when that that tension is building and learning how to take a break and not feeling like you always have to take a break together. Yeah. And I think that I mean, this this could uh, be fluid. I mean, for people as far as when they do that. But for us, like starting out the day to me, like that sets the tone for the whole day. If I wake up late, if I wake up stressed, if I wake up anxious or things on my mind and don't like purge and kind of like get into the right frame of mind, then it really impacts the whole day. Because then the smallest frustrations like, oh, technical difficulties or, you know, oh, this is late or this is behind or this isn't working, then that can easily be a trigger for frustration and, and getting upset. But if you give yourself what you need first, so you can show up for the day and put out through the day, I think that that has been a huge thing mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And one more recommendation I would say too is have something to look forward to, you know, plan something, some part of your week, or if you need to do it daily, that's totally fine. But you know, just having something that you're like, you know, at the end of the week, we're going to go on a date night or we're going to go. I mean, for us, it's like last week, it was as simple as like at the end of the week, we were going to go pick up a table off of Craigslist, you know, and we have been desperately needing a new table. And so it was like I had arrangements with the guy we were going to go and we we drove a little bit, got out of the house, got some Indian food. It was amazing you know, and it wasn't like a a big deal. It wasn't setting the world on fire, but it was something we looked forward to and got us out and in a different space. And when we came back, we were more creative and more able to handle the things that came up. Boom. You guys just nailed that. That like right there is like, it's so important because we can get so stuck in the thing of like our to-do list and needing to get stuff done. But sometimes you just like need to give yourself the space to think and breathe and unfortunately, like the this the world doesn't normally place you in that way. They say you just have to keep working, 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 like to your, you know, red in the face. And that's like a lot of times it's counterproductive. So all of those tips and advice, I hope 
y'all are listening out there were taking notes because those were gold. I mean, those were absolute gold. Y'all are so amazing. Obviously, you know, we love you. We are so happy that you were able to come on and share all about you, your business, what you're doing to help other couples. If people want to find you, find out more about you, how can they do that? Probably the easiest way is on Instagram um, at Austin and Gina. Austin is spelled with an E. So A-U-S-T-E-N because he's difficult like that. (laughs) Because I'm a rebel. I have to spell it differently. (laughs) Maybe start with your mom. And then if you would like a a free guide to working at home without killing each other, (laughs) we created just kind of an ultimate guide. It has a lot of break ideas. It has um, some things you can do um, to have your work at home you're working at home, be more enjoyable. And that is at austinandgina.com. You guys need to all head over to austinandgina.com and get that guide. If you are at home with a significant other, I'm telling you, go do it now. Guys, thank you so much. This has been so fun. We're so thankful you were on here today with us. Oh, thank you guys for having us. It's been amazing. Yeah. It's always fun getting on with you guys and just talking. It It's always a blast. Hey B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 